welcome Pastor Jerry. Welcome to Renewal Church. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for joining us in person. And if you can find a spot in the sun, you're going to be thankful for that. Hey, listen, as we get started this morning, I need to ask everyone to do one simple thing for us, and that is to take this card, pull out your phone, scan the QR code, and check into the service today. If you come all the time, if it's your first time, whatever it is, go ahead and check in. This helps us follow the city's regulations for meeting safely, so it's very important to us that you check in. And um, also along the way, once you do that, you'll get some next steps that you can take if you want to during the service today. Got a great service. It's going to be wonderful for you. We're going to start that off with worship from Dusty. So Dusty, take us to the mountain. Take us to the mountain. <laughs> All right, let's climb. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Uh, so when you guys check in, you guys um, can find the lyrics and stuff there as well. Um, everybody online, you know to do find lyrics online as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here in the park. Thanks for joining us online. Let's wish them.
sunshine this morning and warms up. God, I pray this morning as Pastor Jared speaks that you speak to us through him, that we can take what we hear today and apply it to our lives, and that we learn how to deal with difficult people, deal with toxic relationships in the godly way. In Jesus' name, amen. Heather, you want to come up? and welcome to Renewal Church. We are glad to have you in person and for those of you joining online, we are glad that you are on there as well. If you are with us, can you please pull out this um, card? It has a QR code for you to scan. This helps us to stay within the state's guidelines of how many people are here as well as as a way to be able to fill out a connection card which is where you can put prayer requests and update information. Um, you can find out notes for the sermon that Pastor Jared's about to, to speak on and um, it also has the giving information on there. So this has all the stuff that you need. If you're joining us online, that's at renewalchurchboston.com connect. And um, at Renewal, we truly believe that life is better when you are connected. And we do that best through community groups. And a couple weeks ago, we had a community group connection event where we were able to start two new women's group groups and a, uh-oh, there? <laughs> Um, there we go. 
All right. Sorry. <laughs> so in this connection group uh, event, we were able to start two new women's groups as well as a um, couples group. And there are other types of groups that meet throughout the week. And uh, the way you can find that out is through going on our website to renewalchurchboston.com slash groups. And you can find out all the groups that are meeting and sign up there as well. Um, we are finishing our series today on relationships. And we want to offer you a chance to go deeper on this topic. So on October 18th, we're gonna be doing a marriage seminar and it's gonna be online for one hour. And on the 25th, we're gonna be doing a singleness seminar. And this just kind of is a way to get deeper in this topic. So we hope that you will join us with that. You can sign up on your connection card or um, on Renewal's website. Let's pray before Pastor Jared comes up. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this beautiful fall day that you've given us in Boston Common. I pray for those who are here in person as well as those who are online that we will be able to hear from your word today on how to deal with difficult relationships. Um, because that's something that we have to deal with at some point in our life, whether it's right now or it's been in the past or it's coming in our lives, God. I pray that you will help us to learn how to navigate this tricky situation. And just in my pray, amen. All right, thanks. Um, because of the wind, I'm gonna hold the microphone like I'm a rapper today. So uh, as, we be, as we get started today, I want to welcome you to Renewal Church. My name is Jared Kirk. I'm the lead pastor here. So glad that you've joined us. To those who are regulars here, to those who are first times, welcome. Um, we have started some new community groups. We're starting a family group that's, that's getting kicked off right now. We're starting a couples group that's coming up. And so if you'd like to get connected to a few other people, we can help you with that because life is better connected. Now, um, major announcement that's coming up is... October 25th, so that's two weeks from today, our church is going to be moving back into the Back Bay Hilton because winter is coming and we don't want to lose anyone in February at a church service. That'd be quite a way to go. And so in two weeks, we're going to be back in the Back Bay Hilton. We are exceeding all of the state's guidelines and the city's guidelines on meeting together. It's going to be safe. It's going to be fun. I hope that you'll join us for that. We're going to have two services and the service times are changing starting on October 25th. It's going to be at 10.30. It's going to be at 10 and 11.30. Adam's giving me the nod. It's going to be at 10 o'clock and 11.30 in the Back Bay Hilton, and I hope that you'll join us for that. Now, as we get started today, I want to I start off by telling you about bufo toads. Does anybody know what a bufo toad is? I'm from South Florida, and I grew up on a canal. And we had alligators in our backyard, we had iguanas in our backyard and parrots, but we also had these big, ugly, disgusting toads. And they're, they're pretty big, they're like over six inches. And we normally found them because they would jump into the pool and I was in charge of cleaning the pool. And so you'd you know, scoop them out with the net and fling them back in. But the thing you needed to know about bufo toads is that they're poisonous. And so all the time, our dog, Stormy, we got, her, we got my dog during the first desert storm, and we named her after uh, Storm and Norman. It was a general named Stor uh, Norman Schwarzkopf. So my dog, Stormy, would go into the, into the pool and get these toads and then start shaking uncontrollably, and you'd have to stick a hose into her mouth. Otherwise, it would kill her because the toads were poisonous. So if you were to go pick up one of these toads out of the pool with your hands and throw it back in the canal, it could seriously ruin your day. 
because that's how toxic things work. They are poisonous even to people who are trying to help them or rescue them. And people can become poisonous too, to the point that even if you're trying to be a help or you're trying to be a blessing or you're trying to do something good in their life, they can hurt you too. I remember um, I, was a, I used to work at a previous church in another state, and I had this couple who served in the youth ministry with me. And they were dating, but they were living together. And they were a really nice couple, but they were a little bit of an odd couple. She was a bank executive, and he was a sanitation worker, what we used to call a garbage man. And so they invited me over to their home because they were having some relationship trouble. And so I went over there, and things got pretty deep pretty fast. And it, it became obvious that their relationship was in a lot of trouble. And I had this just really uneasy feeling about what was going on. And, and, it was, and it finally kind of dawned on me what was happening, and so I hazarded a guess, and I said, you know, it seems like what's happening here is that because you make all the money, you're using that to control the, this poor man. And that went over about as well as it sounds like it did. That went over like a lead balloon, so I was politely invited to leave immediately, and I did. So I left and some life went on and time went by and after about six months the man reached out to me and he said hey can we meet up so we went to a we went to a Wendy's and we sat down and he said um, you know everything you said in that conversation was right that relationship was a disaster she cheated on me seven times and then told me that I had to forgive her because I was a Christian and this man was a baby Christian and he didn't know a lot better and he went along with it and stayed in this toxic relationship. So he ended up leaving, going back home and trying to get his life back together. And after a year or two, he succeeded in getting his life back together. But I saw firsthand how destructive toxic relationships can be. Now, it's important for you to learn how to deal with toxic relationships in your life in a godly way. Because if you don't spot the signs of a toxic relationship and handle it with godly wisdom, it is going to cause you serious damage and pain in your life. And if it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you could break up with them, you could leave them. But many times, these relationships are with people you cannot just walk away from. It's a mom or a dad, it's a sibling, it's someone you're married to, it's step-parents or it's co-workers. And you can't just cut and run from these relationships, so you have to learn how to face them with strength and wisdom in a godly way. You need God's help in order to get through them. And part of the reason for this is that toxic people need what we all need, which is grace. And it just looks a little bit different in their life. So that's why we're finishing our series called Relationship Status today, and we're looking at the Bible's wisdom for dealing with toxic relationships, and, how, and we're, we're thinking about how can we improve every relationship in our life. And so as we look at the Bible's the wisdom on toxic relationships, there are four things that come forward, and I'm going to share those with you today. And the first thing is simply this. When it comes to dealing with, the, with toxic relationships and toxic people in your life, you have to start with grace. If you go online and you Google how to deal with toxic relationships, you're going to find a lot of advice on there and most every single article you find is going to start with this piece of advice. Cut them out of your life as quickly as possible. Get rid of them. If people hold you down, leave them behind. If people make you feel bad, get rid of them. It, it's a graceless way to treat people though. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that is almost impossible to square with Jesus' teaching 
on loving people because Jesus said things like this. Here's one of his most famous statements in Luke chapter 6. He says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And so Jesus' overwhelming teach, teaching about dealing with hard people is to start with grace. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Treat them with the respect you want. Start with grace. And I think it's important for us to start here because some relationships are truly toxic, but most of the time what we label as toxic relationships in our life are just difficult relationships or difficult people. And there's a difference between difficult people and toxic people. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Let's, let's look at what does it mean to be a difficult person. Difficult people are weak, sinful, wounded, tempted, self-centered, needy, and they unintentionally hurt other people. In other words, we're all difficult people sometimes. Difficult people need forgiveness, patience, loving confrontation, and mercy. They need grace, and that's what we should give because that's what we would want when we're difficult and when we're weak. I, you know, when I'm being a difficult person, I want people to lovingly walk with me through that. I don't want them to just cut and run and say, oh, you're a toxic person, I don't need you in my life. And I mean, come on, on top of that, this is the church of Jesus. This is the church of Jesus. We don't just give up on difficult people or we would all have to give up on each other on day one and we could just disband and go home and join the YMCA. So we don't run from difficult people or difficult relationships. But there is a difference between difficult people and toxic people. Now, in toxic relationships, so let's think about that for a second, people are still weak, sinful, wounded, tempted, self-centered, needy, and intentionally hurt others, because that's called being human. But there's a difference, and Mark Hambrick from the Biblical Counseling Center has written extensively about this. So I'm gonna quote from him in a couple of places today, and here's how he clarifies the difference between difficult and toxic relationships, and here's what he says. Things that fit into the category of advanced toxicity are abusive, addictive, controlling, or manipulative lifestyles that are not only personally destructive, but manifest in attacking and slandering those who address their presence. The result is that the more loved ones try to address the problem, the more wrapped up in the problem they become. So according to Mark Hambrick, what makes a relationship toxic rather than just difficult is first of all, it's a lifestyle. It's a pattern of behavior. It's not a bad day or a bad moment. It's not a one-time hurt. And the second ingredient is that when, when someone else tries to lovingly address the destructive pattern, you end up attacked, manipulated, or slandered. And so you're, you get sucked into what I call, uh, because I'm not as smart as Brad Hambrick and I'm not a biblical counselor, the tornado of chaos. Right? Toxic people live in a constant state of chaos in their relationships, in their emotions, and they're always trying to, to suck other people into that vortex of chaos in their lives. And so here's the thing. How do we deal with people who are toxic and with toxic relationships? And the answer is, <laughs> Amelia Lewis, leave that squirrel alone. And if you're watching online and you want to know what the drama's about, you got to show up in person. So how do we deal with people who are actually toxic? How do we deal with toxic relationships? The answer is that Jesus' words don't change. 
we still start with grace. We still bless. We still love. We still pray. We still do for them what we would done for us. It's just that it looks a little different because grace can look different in different circumstances. Think about it this way. If I'm a toxic person and I'm blinded by self-deception and I'm attacking people who try to help me, then what I need is not the normal tender, tender mercy that we all need because that would just fuel my sense of victimhood and self-righteousness. If I am attacking people or slandering people or manipulating people who love me, I need to be confronted with firm boundaries, firm truth, and firm consequences for my actions. That's what grace looks like. So grace can look different. We all need the grace of being difficult people, which is patience and mercy and forgiveness, and sometimes just overlooking faults. But sometimes we have to show grace in different ways, and that looks like setting firm boundaries and expecting true repentance. So that's the, here's this kind of second idea about dealing with toxic people from the Bible, and that is that we have to set firm boundaries. If the first thing is start with grace, the second thing is set firm boundaries. The Bible is actually full of wisdom about boundaries, but we need to be careful here because biblical wisdom is different than the world's wisdom. And as one blogger said, you know, you got to cut people out of your life. They said, uh, snip, snip, see ya is the way you deal with toxic people. And that was probably BuzzFeed. But the Bible's wisdom is about setting healthy and godly boundaries. Here's a sample of the Bible talking about boundaries. Proverbs 13 says, walk with the wise, become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 22 says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Psalm 1.1 says, blessed is the one who does not walk, with, walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. So as you can see, there's a lot, and that's just a sample, there's a lot of biblical teaching on setting healthy boundaries and separating yourself from foolish people or wicked people or angry people. And there is a place of wisdom for removing some people from your life. But again, how do we, how do we square this with Jesus' overarching teaching that we're supposed to love and show grace to our most difficult relationships. Well, Brad Hambrick writes again and proposes a way forward from a biblical perspective. And here's what he says. The first principle to consider is that a healthy concept of boundaries views the barrier as being placed between wisdom and folly rather than between me and you. I am not rejecting you or giving up on you if I refuse to participate in foolishness. However, if you insist on living foolishly, you will find yourself on the other side of my boundary from folly. In this sense, a synonym from boundaries would be reasonable expectations or limits of wisdom. So in your life, you need a, you need a boundary between wisdom and folly, not necessarily boundaries between you and me. So we can that way we can preserve relationship. And to the degree that the other person chooses to live wisely is the degree to which you tend to grow and your relationship tends to grow. So I want to give you one final caution on this as we think about this from a Christian perspective, and that is this. Boundaries are not walls. You know, it's easy to put up a wall of silence to hide from authentic relationship. Or you could put up a wall of anger to protect yourself in a relationship. But neither of those things are boundaries. They are excuses to hide from authentic relationship. And so we have to set firm boundaries. Here's the, the third biblical principle for dealing with toxic relationships. 
the third of four, we expect true repentance. Repentance is a radical change in my heart that leads to a radical change in the direction of my life. And one of the marks of a toxic relationship is manipulative repentance. A person will say that they're sorry or they'll say that they're changing, but it's not true. It's their way of trying to escape from a very uncomfortable or painful conversation that they have no skills to deal with. Oftentimes, people are completely unaware that they're doing this, but the Bible talks very clearly about the difference between godly repentance and the fake kind. 2 Corinthians 7.10 is the place where we find this. It says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Then, in the very next verse, it lists some of the hallmarks of true repentance. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. And as we think about some of the words in that verse, we see that real change is characterized by earnestness, which means taking ownership at a gut level for what you've done. It uses the words of longing and concern, which is how, it's not how am I affected in this situation, but how have my actions affected you or affected God? It says, a readiness to see justice done. That's another phrase, which means being willing to make it right no matter what it costs me. Those are all signs of true repentance, but manipulative repentance is a show. And it's often a show to escape from a conversation that the other person has no skills to navigate. Brad Hambrick continues saying this, manipulation is defining words and framing questions in such a way that makes a healthy response from the other person seem selfish, mean, or unreasonable. And then he goes on to list some of the phrases that are red flags that a person isn't truly repenting. Now, I want to warn you with this list. This is, not a, this is not a guarantee because I think all of us have said some of these phrases at another time. These are flags. These are signs of false repentance. I know I'm not perfect. I never pretended to be someone I'm not. You're bringing up stuff from the past. You know I'm not the kind of person who would do that. That's not what I meant. I said I was sorry. What else do you want from me? Or what else can I do? There are a lot of people that have it way worse than we do. I promise I will do better when the person doesn't agree about the problem or the, or the solutions. Now, like I said, probably we've all said some of that at one time or another because we all fail to take ownership for our actions and our words perfectly. But these phrases tend to signal manipulative repentance. Showing grace to toxic people means refusing to settle for fake repentance. It means insisting on true repentance in their life. And that is so hard and so difficult because it is extending the conflict that you're in. And the reason that I don't do this well and that you don't do this well is because when you're extending conflict, it's just exhausting and the other person's worn you down. But loving someone well means expecting true repentance. Now here's the fourth thing I want to share with you from the Bible about dealing with toxic people and relationships. And here it is. Decide to persevere. The main reason that we persevere in loving difficult and broken people is that God persevered in loving us. Our relationship with God 
wasn't just difficult, it was completely toxic. We, we ruin our lives through sin and then we blame God and we say, you set us up to fail. We accuse God of being unjust when he is the very definition of justice. We will deny that we've acted inappropriately when we get caught in our self-centered ways. We will ignore that we've done anything against our creator. We might ignore his presence completely. And yet in the middle of that, God never gave up on us. Listen to Ephesians talk about this reality of God persevering to rescue his broken people because of his grace. Ephesians 2, 3 through 5 says, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires in thought. In other words, you know, I do what I want to do without a consideration for who God is, what he's like, what he wants, or how it affects you. It continues. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. God never gives up on you. He is willing to cross every boundary, overcome every obstacle for make, to make a way to get his kids back so that you can be in a relationship with him. Yet when he was doing that, he never sinned or lived in a foolish way. He shows us grace. And because of that, there's a chance for us to turn to him, be changed, and have an eternal hope and a future. And what God asks from us is just to be honest about our true condition. He will not settle for fake repentance. He requires true repentance from us an acknowledgement of what we've done and of how our sin has broken our life and separated us from him. It is radical ownership of my words and deeds. And his grace has made all of this possible. So grace changes everything. You know, if you are married to a toxic person or you have a boss who's a toxic person or your roommate is a toxic person or you are a toxic person, there is God's grace for you. He loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And when God is in your life, it changes everything for you. Now, as we think about how to apply this to our everyday lives, you know, this is really complicated and it's difficult because situations are so different. They, they run the gamut from a distant family member that you see twice a year to maybe you live in someone's home. And so it's really, it's really tough to give that kind, of, that kind of specific wisdom on your situation when we're talking to a lot of people. But there are a couple of principles that apply. And here's, here's, here's how you can think about it. If what you need is support to face, to face the toxic people in your life with grace, then I would encourage you to get to surround yourself with other healthy relationships with people who are following Jesus who can help support you along the way. You know, that's why we have community groups at Renewal Church. Because you need other, you need healthy relationships in your life. You need spiritual growth in your life. You need people who can help you show grace to the difficult, hurting, broken people in your life. And if what you need is support, I would say you need to be in a group. And you can sign up online. You can go to renewalchurchboston.com groups and find one that works for you. We've started new groups recently. But if what you need is support and healing, 
because you've been so deep into a, a broken relationship that you yourself are wounded. You probably need to go see a Christian counselor. Someone who can share the truth of God's word in your life with wisdom and skill and give you an outside perspective. Because it is possible to live in a broken and toxic relationship for so long that you lose the ability to see clearly, to think clearly, to love well, and to show grace. And in that situation, you probably need some specific advice and someone applying God's word to you. It, you know, the thing with that is, the reason people don't do it is that it's, it's expensive. But it's also one of those things that I've never, in my 37 years of life, I've never once in my entire life encountered someone who said, you know what, I spent money to go see a Christian counselor and I really regret it. I, I, no one has ever said that who's done it. And so it may mean making a sacrifice to do that. And if you need help with that, the church will help you because we love you and we don't give up on hurting people or difficult people or difficult relationships. You know, as we, as we close our time today, I want to speak to those of you who your life has been deeply affected by broken, toxic relationships. You know, if you, if you surround yourself with healthy people, if you go see a Christian counselor, that's good. But if you don't have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, then you are lacking the thing you most desperately need to show grace to other people, to enter these relationships with strength and peace and be an agent of healing in other people's lives. You need God in your life. And that's why every time we have a message in Boston Common, I give you a chance to start a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's an act of surrender, but you're surrendering, surrendering to someone who loves you and has a power greater than yourself. And so in just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to, you, you can make this your prayer. And it's a prayer to say, God, I need you to forgive my sins. And God, I need you to lead my life. And when you pray and surrender yourself to Jesus, God comes into your life. He gives you his personal presence to get through the hard parts of life and to give you the power to change. He gives you eternity as your home, and he forgives your sins. And if you need God to get through the difficulties of your relationships, I'm going to invite you to pray with me now. So if you would, everyone please bow your head and close your eyes and I'm going to pray. And maybe this is your day where God is calling you to surrender your life to him. Let's pray. God, I need you in my life. My relationships have been an absolute mess. And I want to live differently. I want to live differently in my relationships. I want to live differently in my life. But I can't do it on my own. I need your help. I need Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and I want him to be the forgiver of my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I want him to be the leader of my life. I surrender myself to you today. Would you come into my life, forgive my past, guarantee my place in heaven and give me the power to change today. I want to live for you. And God, out of the overflow of what you do in my life, would you please start to heal my relationships? Pray in Jesus' name today. Amen. Now, if you prayed to follow Jesus for the first time today, your next step is to plunge your past. You need to be baptized. 
Baptism is that outward public proclamation that you are turning from your sin to follow Jesus, and our church can help you with that. So you can get info by checking into the service today or going online to our website, and I'll get you some more info on that. You'll get an email if you sign up for that where we can talk about it. I hope to see you next week in Boston Common, and um, we're going to be starting a new series next week, and I think you're going to love it. But we're going to end our, our time today by handing it back to Heather. Thank you. We're going to give together now. The easiest way to give right now is on our uh, Renewal Church Boston app, or when you checked in, there was information on how to give that way as well. You are such a generous church, and last week we announced a one-time um, event that we are hosting for a low-income neighborhood. As you know, a lot of kids are um, having to do school at home, and so it's hard to have the supplies and everything that they need to have school at home and we want to support them we want to give them an opportunity to have everything they need for um, learning online so your generosity we had 18 people last week just give on the spot right here and we're just so thankful for your generosity with that um, don't forget that we are going to be having our online seminars um, one hour to a better marriage and navigating singleness coming up very soon so you can find information and sign up for that on uh, RenewalChurchBoston.com. So we are so thankful you were here today, and we are excited to see you again next week. Have a good Sunday.